0: Coming up on Podcast 1717, we look into why the Jeep Avenger has been crowned European Car of the Year. Stick around, I'll tell you more. Also on the show today, Volvo improve the XC40 and the C40. BYD Seagull could be coming for small city cars as competition and a big order for the light year to be solar car. Those stories and a lot more coming up on today's podcast. Good morning, good afternoon or good evening wherever you're listening in the world. It's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for Tuesday, 17th of January. My name is Martin Lee and I go through every EV story so you don't have to. We'll start with that story. I mentioned it yesterday and I've done some more digging. The Jeep Avenger has won the European Car of the Year for this year title. Top Gear magazine, or Top Gear website really, had the details. There are 59 motoring journalists from around Europe. 23 different countries across the continent voting for their favorite cars of the past 12 months of the past 12 months that they've driven the shortlist included things like the vw id buzz i didn't even mention that yesterday when i said i can't believe the jeep one i don't dislike the jeep i'm just amazed um the volkswagen id buzz that was on the shortlist that Redefines a category. It's a vehicle that Volkswagen did not need to make. They could have made more SUVs, more bland machines, but they made the buzz. Oh, my goodness. What a vehicle. The Nissan Ariya, the big, the big next act from Nissan following up the Leaf. But no, it was the Jeep Avenger. Each juror gets 25 points to allocate across the shortlist, however they see fit this year the results were revealed at the brussels motor show and top gear say our very own paul horrell said in his assessment of the jeep avenger this car caught me out i expected to dislike it but experience proved the opposite it's very usefully small but drives like a refined bigger car So it's at home in cities and on the open road, as well as in mildly rough going. The interior design and space use commend it too, but neither of its powertrains, EV or combustion, advance the art. So Top Gear liked it. So I need to go in with an open mind on this and work out why all these journalists are loving the Jeep Avenger. And there's nothing wrong with the Jeep Avenger. Like I say, fifty odd kilowatt hour battery 250 miles 100 kilowatt charging it's all you know pretty much of a muchness uh, with current ev specs is it the best car in europe i need to give it a go and try it out i am very surprised the american brand's first electric suv just went on sale so this is these are cars of the last 12 months like i say the id buzz oh my goodness the aria wow and this car just went on sale, so I don't, I, I don't understand that. The whole thing is just weird to me. And I don't want to seem like I don't like the Jeep Avenger. It's just I, that's it's just a really odd one, isn't it? It's not just me. I mean, I'm not. I don't know. Um, it's now on sale. It starts at thirty-six thousand five hundred pounds for the first edition model, and it will get cheaper than that. It is as the first edition model thirty-six and a half. Is uh the same price as the entry level Peugeot E2008. Now the first edition comes with the big 18-inch alloys, the big touch screens, the 360 surround cameras, the blind spot monitoring, powered boot lift gate, and all for the same money as the base Peugeot e 2008 uh, the um, entry versions of the Jeep will go on sale sometime later this year. It's a European car; it's not for the U.S. And that would, if it was 30 grand, that would be way under the Vauxhall Mokka electric, the DS three e-tents the mg's as well and if they can come in at a really competitive price point that could be why that's what tipped it for the judges to say well okay like clearly the buzz is better because you can't put the avenger and the buzz next year and they say well the, the the avenger is better the buzz is just a brilliant vehicle and vw should be applauded for making it and um Uh, But maybe prices comes in, because, you know, the, the buzz is like 70 grand. It's not the cheapest thing in the world. All right, let's move on. And the Volvo EX30. That is the baby Swede. That is the little Volvo, confirmed for June the 15th. Volvo introduced the EX90 just before Christmas and they showed off a little slide of what's coming and there was a little crossover but you couldn't really tell it was in silhouette and it was on a, a screen in the background and it was a giveaway it was a little it was a clue but it was hard to pick out what it is then we uh I think I said on the podcast oh that's the EX30 and people said is it like have you been told I just guessed it was called the EX30 I think well it was just what well, the well, I didn't guess the rumors said that and then they confirmed EX30 it's going to be a good size smaller than an xc40 but with decent range made in china to keep the costs down subscription plans as well they think the average buyer could be 18 or 19 years old for this i mean i don't know what 18 or 19 year old can afford this an amazing volvo like this a cute little volvo city car but subscription plans required three months minimum most people keep it for longer and based on the architecture of the parent company of Volvo, Geely. Uh, they've got something called the SEA platform, so very much mechanically the same as the small Polestar that's coming, the Polestar 4, and uh, other cars on that platform. Again, keeping costs down June 15th, we'll see that. Now we'll talk about What Car Magazine, another one that I subscribe to and have to snaffle away from the postman because my wife's like... How many magazines have you got being delivered? Uh, yeah, What Car is one that I have as well. Now, What Car magazine uh, say that affordable electric cars like the MG4, man, I love that car. There's, it it feels its price in places, but I love it. There's there's really nothing in terms of the range and the chassis and the performance for what the MG4 sells for, and it's attracting a huge amount of interest as well, according to Autocar's business uh, sort of sibling, uh, what car? And MG4, which starts at twenty six, or about two hundred and seventy five on a monthly payment, but goes up to just over thirty. Get get the actually maybe get the long range, but not the trophy spec. I'm not sure what what the play is on that one, but either way, uh, the MG4 has generated more leads through What Car Magazine than anything else in the last three months. Buyer interest was insufficient to propel MG, the manufacturer, to the top of the list. That is still a little bit down, but the MG4 was pretty much most of the cars, uh, the search for the MG brand. And MG's been doing really well. It went from 1.1% market share in 2020 to 3.2% in 2022 and is rising again. They could sell 50,000 this year in the UK if they just keep sticking them on boats from China and bringing them in. The MG4 is really, really nice. Vehicle to load as well. I forgot to mention that too. Great styling, great handling, and really practical. Nice big battery. I'm not sure I'd go trophy. That's the top spec with all the bells and whistles. I think maybe go base spec, big battery, Maybe uh, if you're doing monthly payments, work out the difference. And uh, but but it's nice to have the bells and whistles. I must admit. And uh, uh, last time I was in MG uh, Hendy, MG in Pool. I popped in because the mighty, mighty MG ZS that we own needed a sensor under warranty. All done, under warranty. A bit like when it turned into a boat and filled up with water uh, in the boot. And they went, oh, yeah, sorry about that. It's a seal has gone. And they fixed it all under warranty. Um, no lasting damage. And, um, it, yeah, the auto lights were coming on in the middle of the day and uh, dimming the dashboard inside. Just a sensor that broke in the windscreen. So I popped that back in. They did it under warranty. The MG are brilliant like that. Uh, I, at least I've had good experiences, and I popped my head into the sales guys and said, "Hey, how's the MG four going?" And they said, "We sell every single boatload that arrives." Like it's not a year away. I think maybe maybe four to six months waiting. I think this was a while ago they told me, but every every boatload is spoken for. So that is brilliant. I love the MG. Four. Now, let's talk a little bit about the Volvo C40 and XC40 getting better. There's a new package of upgrades, new WLTP range as well for the new model year and 60 kilometers more range which is amazing because they've always been a little bit inefficient but now that's being sort- sorted out by uh, volvo both the xc40 and the c40 which is the sportback version include rear wheel drive versions the first time in 25 years that volvo offered rear wheel drive which just fantastic obviously as well as four wheel drive using permanent magnet electric motors on the rear axle Uh, Developed in-house as well by the Volvo experts in-house. 175 kilowatt motor on the rear axle with more power output and yet being more efficient as well. So they can keep the same 69 kilowatt hour battery. And now with a bit better cooling and more efficiency, you can now go much further. So the XC40 goes, I think, 476. No, the C40 goes 476 kilometers Go for the big battery, 82 kilowatt hours, and then you're up into some decent range, 533 kilometers for the C40, a little bit less for the XC40 because of aero. Uh, Charging has been improved as well. It's 200 kilowatts DC peak as well, which is depends on the charge curve. No point just hitting it, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, and coming down. But, you know, if you can actually have a little bit of stamina and staying power on that charge curve, don't know where I'm going with this, then you're in for a good time, my friends. 200 kilowatts is brilliant. So, yeah, the, the downside of the Volvo XC40 and C40 was always that they were just a little, a bit like the Audi e-tron, a little bit thirsty for what they were, and this looks like it's fixed it. So uh, there was that was never in doubt brilliant engineering at volvo those cars are always going to get better much better range now on those vehicles and uh and keeping a bunch of the stuff that is nice and they're really both are really premium because when we looked around at the mg a year ago nowhere near our budget and then we bought the kona uh just before christmas the big battery kona i need to tell you more about that um again we looked around and i said to my wife like what's your number one choice and she said xc40 Because a friend of ours has got it. And uh, I said, we just can't afford it. Because you look at the ones that we want. We wanted one that was 18 months old, maybe a year old, low mileage. We like used cars. And they're holding their values really well. So for now, we are really happy with the Kona. But one day, one day, with enough pennies in this piggy bank, maybe a Volvo XC40 would would come our way. Right, coming up on the podcast very, very soon. We'll talk about the BYD Seagull and why Citroën thinks that... EVs will kill off the SUV. Stick around. Alright, let's talk Audi making more of their charging cubes, if you like. Their charging infrastructure with second life batteries at Audi. Uh, this new site in Germany adds 72 additional charging points for EVs with these charging cubes. Some of them level two chargers. Some of them are DC fast chargers and they have onboard battery storage. The batteries are used from test vehicles and and Second Life batteries from within Audi's own supply chain etc and so they by having battery storage in the audi facilities at the audi factories where people go to work every day you can avoid the cost intensive infrastructure upgrades and use medium voltage supply lines instead 198 old audi batteries with 12 cells are being used for energy storage therefore they can make do with a 70 kilowatt supply line I haven't got to have a huge input to this because they're not they have time to refill and so They do obviously fully recharge overnight and any time someone's not dumping power out of the batteries. But employees of Audi can turn up and charge either 11 kilowatts on uh, the slower chargers or 300 kilowatts for the new charging cubes. And, of course, you're dumping that energy out of the batteries quickly. And then when they unplug, it's like a... uh, Think of it like a a rain bucket catching water from your guttering system on the side of the house. So it's constantly filling up when it rains, and then you empty it and water your plants, and then it fills up again. So that's the beauty of battery storage at EV Chargers as well. There are 600 charging points for electric vehicles at the Audi factory premises. There are two plants as well. 20 of them are fast chargers. Most of them, though, the other 580 are 11 kilowatt slower charges. You're you're at work all day. So if you're doing a night of five or or, a shift in the factory, making the vehicles or something, you don't need fast charging. So you can get there, plug your car into the 600 charging spots they've got at the Audi factories and slow charge all day. Let's go to BYD next. And the Seagull is a new electric car, smaller electric car, costing from eight and a half thousand US dollars equivalent. I mean, that is That's cheap, isn't it? Now, yeah, it's got a smaller electric motor, smallest vehicle in what BYD call their Ocean series, which is four vehicles at the minute. It's a five-door hatchback. It's got four seats, and it's, I think, styled nicely, almost a little bit like a Mini MG4 with sharp headlights and a big raked windscreen as well. Yeah, there are some lower trim plastic bits that obviously is where the, the savings have been made. LFP battery made by BYD and their battery division, Fin Dreams. So BYD battery, I'm not sure the, the capacity on that. So maybe 30 kilowatt hours or something. And the BYD Seagull uh, being uh, exposed, as it were, thanks to some filings with the Chinese authorities. We now get to see it. But again, starting at um, sort of almost 9,000 US dollars equivalent, that is... very very affordable car for many people the citroen boss the boss of citroen vincent kobe told auto express magazine that evs could be the death of the suv well let's hope so Uh, the world is done with suvs he says according to auto express despite him admitting the sales numbers don't go anywhere near to backing up that claim. He feels the current trend of tall EV wagons will eliminate the need for an SUV. He feels that aero will play a huge factor. There have been some SUVs with a great coefficient of drag he says like the bmw ix and the model x however some suvs are less aerodynamic and he thinks that's going to be the way that they're going to go the way of the dinosaur because you need more efficient evs the chance the governments start taxing as well start with you know roads taxing evs and one of the ideas is on weight and these suvs are often quite big and, so, and weight is more of a killer than aero, actually. Uh, not when you're towing, it's the other way around. But, um, so the problem is the public love SUVs. We have, like I say, the MG and the Kona, which neither of them are proper you know, big sort of Audi E-trons, but both of them have that slightly elevated, slightly elevated seating position and slightly higher, slightly higher roofline. Just maybe, maybe call them a crossover if you will, but uh, it's the styling that is just easier because we've got a little fella and it's just it fits all the stuff in that we need. My goodness, I would love just a proper saloon car or an estate car. Uh, that would be fantastic. Now, Lightyear, the solar cars, have received a potential. Order. Sounds like money hasn't changed hands here, but the leasing provider, Arvel, uh, has reserved 10,000 of them. Uh, the leasing company say that by the year 2025, they want to have spent 400 million euros, I think, on these light years. And they want 700,000 EVs in their lease fleet by 2025 as well. So great for Lightyear. Doesn't sound like they've actually spent 400 million euros on these cars, but merely reserved a place in the queue. Lightyear say they've got very low operating costs to compare to other EVs, that they produce less emissions than a conventional electric car. Solar panels on the car help charge it, even in northern territories like here, where it's cloudy for. 380 days of the year and we'll wait and see good luck light year enormously difficult to do what they're doing so good luck light year is expanding their service area in europe four new Xpung service centers are opening in norway denmark sweden the netherlands as well and uh, they've opened their brand experience stores as well in Norway and the Netherlands and Sweden and Denmark uh, with test drives, etc. The AA in Ireland. Now, one of my friends, a guy called Blake. Now, Blake was an early supporter of this podcast, and I've worked with him on EV stuff, and he now works at the AA doing their marketing for vehicles in Ireland because he's in Ireland, and um, he drove from Misenhead in Cork, to mail head in Donegal, the two extremities of Ireland without stopping. A non-stop run never been done before the length of the country. They used a Mercedes-Benz EQS for it. It's uh, 602 kilometres and uh, took eight hours and 20 minutes. They changed drivers every two hours. The car turned up with a few percent left and was an average of 16.8 kilowatt hours per 100 kilometers a record being broken in Ireland and finally uh, chinese car exports thanks to electric vehicles have surpassed germany and soon will catch japan j the record was or china's record was last year uh, with a massive jump thanks to electric vehicles to 3.1 million vehicles exported out of china that now beats germany And they're closing down quickly on Japan, which exported 3.8 million vehicles last year. Germany export 2.6 million vehicles a year. Um, Electric vehicles have been a big factor in China's buoyant car export markets, uh, up 120% year on year. I drive one. Like, one of those exports would have been the MG. Uh, No, ours is a 69 plate, so uh, it wasn't last year. But either way, Um, China's car export volume? Could it be 5.5 million in 2030? A question I've asked many times over the recent years is, do you care? Do you care where your car is made? Do you care about your car being made in China? Or do you want it made in Germany or something like that? And a lot of people in response go, you know, I don't care. As long as I can get it serviced, as long as it's of a standard, as long as I can get it fixed if it breaks, because all things will, I don't care where it's made. And uh, that's interesting. Right. Thank you very much for listening today. Our premium partners that bring the broadcast to your ears are Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of The Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley from the EV Review Island YouTube channel, Richard at rsev.co.uk. For buying and selling EVs in the UK, Octopus Electric Universe Global Public Charging made simple with just one app and one map, MillbrookCottages.co.uk. Five-star luxury cottages in Devon. You fancy a break? You deserve. book them in and lease plan electric moments providing all the tools and guidance that ev drivers need an amazing service they are doing there thanks for listening have a good one see tomorrow and remember there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid